4: Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality
0: shaping the stories. I'm Paula Degnan. Thank you for joining me. You asked for Rachel Wagner's back to tell us about Flip It. Chris Byrne, the toy guy, is here. We're going to find out from the USO how to help service members deployed this holiday season. And starting us off, Steve Perillo. He's been with the NEPA Praise Band to start off the holiday season and having a great time. They're already planning next year, and we have a treat, a preview of Mike Lewis's new song, You Came Around. How have things been going, Stephen?
5: They all went very well. The concert went well. The Mount Top one went well. And the last one last week was phenomenal. That's the best way to describe that one. A lot of people came. A lot of people enjoyed themselves. They were actually clapping. They a wonderful concert. It was uh, very well we see that movie Rivers Ministries Church. And that was in
0: Excellent. So we'll be hearing more, I'm sure, about uh, other things that'll be happening. And you actually have something that you wanted to get in for this weekend.
5: Moving River Ministry and myself are working on a project that we've been doing for many years. We started on Public Square and then we moved it down to South Main Street near their church. And now we actually are doing it in the old Planners peanuts parking lot on South Main Street uh, in Hardware. And it's interesting because it's kind of uh, an opening for a lot of things that are going to happen. That building going to be transformed into an art center. Planter's Penis Building on South Main, the old uh, building, was uh, donated to the Moving Rivers Ministry, and they're making it into an art center. And they are doing a walk through Bethlehem on Saturday from 6 to 8 with a half-hour grouping tour because they walk you right through the whole thing. It's all set up as if it was downtown Bethlehem. Uh, From the tax collector to the end to the live animals, we'll be there going to have sheep, llamas, horses, a lot of the different things that kids are going to see and enjoy. Uh, And that is a free event, and that's going to run from six to eight. Uh, So if you want to go see that, please come early so you can get your tickets and everything so everybody knows what group you're going to be in. If you have a large group, let them know you have the group that you're bringing. And those companies with that one big thing that we're, we're really excited about next year is we decided to go with uh, Christmas selections because every few years I change it up and we've been kind of like stuck in the band mode because of COVID. And now we feel that we can reopen it back up. And uh, next December on the 2nd, no, it's a year away, but I plan.
0: Get the calendars out.
5: <laughs> Get them out mark your date it's always the first saturday of the month in december this one's going to become a variety show we have mike Lewis from nashville he's bringing his friends up and they're going to do some christmas music mike wrote his own song
1: cried out something about a newborn king
4: and nothing good ever did come from
1: this town that one day, you... And
5: then we're going to have Broken Road Jewel. We'll have my band, Corey, that he goes by as an artist name. And he is a young gentleman that writes his own music and very well received. And so we're going to have kind of a fun night. We're going to have a sing-along. We're going to have music from other artists. that have. then we're going to have inspirational piano music, a young kid that can master pretty much any piano piece you can put in front of him. And he's going to be doing some uh, manhunt steamroller music, and he's going to be doing that in between, as well as playing some uh, sing-alongs for the congregation that are coming to the concert. It's going to be from 6 to 8.30 this time, because without a variety show, we want to give a little bit of that refreshment that people can stretch a little bit know in between also talk to the artists so they get they meet them and if they are interested in some of their music they can buy their cds as well because they'll have them on sale
0: wow so you've got stuff going on now you have things going on already for next december and if you have anything else you'll just have to let us know
5: i will i will we definitely have things coming up next year we already got the calendar booked already uh from the concerts on the mountain all the way through open concerts in the field
0: And now, remembering our service members deployed with Dr. J.D. Crouch with the USO. Dr. Crouch, we hear an awful lot about our service members, and we thank them always for their service. But you are going to tell us about the USO, which sometimes we don't hear as much about, but you're right there in the middle of everything.
6: Absolutely. I mean, uh, we have 250 locations all over the world, Paula, but right now we're really focused on Eastern Europe. Uh, there are about 20,000 Americans who have deployed through Eastern Europe for the first time since uh, the Ukraine war started. Uh, and so uh, I was just recently out there and got to meet with proud members of our 82nd Airborne and 101st Airborne. You'd be very proud of them. But it's going to be a rough winter for them, Paula, because uh, they're in very isolated areas and it's going to be long, dark and cold.
0: Yeah, they've really been hit by so much, especially with the power grid and so many of the other things. And you said that you just came back from there. What was your impression?
6: Well, you know, our mission, we're we're not in Ukraine. We're on the uh, uh, allied side of the border. That's places like Poland, Romania, Latvia. uh, And and we're there doing three things. Uh, We're helping to deter uh, any cross-border aggression we're helping to support the Ukrainians and we're doing training and exercises. So uh, it's a, a very vital mission, but at the same time, uh, it can be kind of a boring time, right? Uh, particularly when as things get dark and cold and they get into the holiday season and they're away from their loved ones. And so we try to bring a little bit of home to them by having USO centers in those areas and getting out into the field with them, bringing them a warm meal, Uh, bringing them care packages and things like that.
0: Well, obviously, I know many of our listeners who are hearing you talk today are saying, I wish I could do something. I can't be there. So it seems like we're so far away. Are there things that we can do? Sure.
6: You know, first of all, uh, I would say if if you're in an airport this year and you see a service member moving around, they may be going there, you know, so walk up to them, say something, uh, thank them for their service, talk to them. But you can also go to uso.org forward slash support to learn how you can support what the USO is doing in those areas. Uh, and you know, there are opportunities to volunteer, uh, uh, here on the, on state side. We have, we have a, a lot of support we provide for the families left behind, but also we rely on the generous donations of Americans to do what we do overseas and so there's ways you can support in that way as well.
0: And you were mentioning some of the challenges especially for, you know, just the idea of being there and seeing what's happening and also the families back home, that must filter back over here because they're hearing from their loved ones over there. So that must have an impact even here at home that we don't realize.
6: Sure. Well, everyone knows what it's like to be separated at the holidays, right? I mean, and and you 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 got snowed in and you didn't make that flight, you know. Uh, well, they're they're going to be snowed in, and, and they're not going to be in a position to be with their loved ones. And so that that's going to be tough. This time of year is always harder than other times of year. And because the deployments, Paula, are not accompanied, that means their, their families don't go with them. Uh, their families will be left home. They'll be left in, at bases in Georgia or Pennsylvania or Michigan or wherever it is. And so the USO facilities on those bases will also be doing special holiday programming for the families, for the children, for the spouses, to keep them connected as a community, to keep them strong. That's really what we are all about.
0: And again, a lot of times people don't hear so much about the USO, but the USO has been there for how many years?
6: Since 1941, we have been providing services, you know, one of the things I always tell people, back back in 1941, we had volunteers who were writing letters for service members back home to their sweethearts. Now we have Wi-Fi in our centers in Poland so they can stay connected to their sweethearts. It's a different technology, but it's the same mission, connecting them to family, home, and country.
0: We know they're there, but as you said, they're kind of you know, working on the other side of things.
6: Yeah. You know, we did a recent survey, uh, Paula, and 86% of the American people that we surveyed said that we should be supporting service members when they're deployed overseas. And, and that, I, that was very heartening to me. It, it means that they may not know exactly how to do it, but they understand the importance of it. And that's why the USO was created over 80 years ago. So you can go to uso.org forward slash support to find out how you can help.
0: Coming up next on special edition, some cool last minute toys and reducing holiday stress. Now on special edition, Chris Byrne, probably the fellow who's Santa's number one helper because Chris is the toy guy. How does a fellow get to be the toy guy? You know, you keep
4: showing up and playing with toys and sooner or later, they let you do it for a living.
0: (laughs) I used to do that and well, we won't go there. So here we are. There's so much to talk about, so little time. First of all, we're hearing about cost. Everybody's worried about the cost of things. So what say you about that as far as toys are concerned?
4: Well, you know, it's really interesting because toys are only up about 7% over last year. And to put that into context, toys usually rise between 3 and 4% every year so it's not that great an increase and you know parents are, are certainly willing to spend for toys and and what we've seen overall is a lot of great value built into the toys and you know some of the even the most the hottest toys are less expensive than they were even 10 years ago.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's a that's a step in the right direction. So now a lot of parents and other folks, grandparents who are out there spending say, well, can't find it in the store going to get it online, but now we're hearing about shipping issues
4: but the shipping issues have have largely worked their way through the one thing you want to do when you're shopping online is check the delivery date it's really probably the most important thing you can do because you know sometimes they'll say oh you get it at a great price but it's not going to ship till December 20th uh, that's too anxiety provoking and the other thing not to do I think is don't buy from a third party seller that's marked something way up. You, you know, it's always, it's always a challenge. The good news is you can find things, but the bad news is you might have to pay a premium for them.
0: All right. Let's get right to it. Cause I know I've been looking over the website and which is where, where tell everybody.
4: It's theToyGuy.com. We've been we've been looking at toys all year long, and we we picked some of the ones that we think are going to be really uh, compelling for a lot of young kids.
0: All right, we'll start us off.
4: So many, but we're going to start with the Play-Doh Kitchen Creations Ultimate Ice Cream Truck Playset. Whenever Hasbro and Play-Doh do something with food, it sells out, and this is a food truck that stands about three feet tall. It's got all kinds of different make-believe Play-Doh ice cream you can do, and it's really, really super fun. Plus. Everything stores inside, which is which is great for parents. And then arts and crafts continues to be a huge uh, trend this year. The Crayola Light Up Tracing Pad. It's a tablet. It's about, I don't know, it's about 11 by 14, maybe a little smaller. And it's got a light in it. So you can put a piece of paper down. You can trace over it, and then you can create artwork with it. Great, and kids feel very successful. It's about 24.99. And one other, uh, the House Monsters from Luki Labs. This is a collection of eight monsters that help kids, you know, master things like they might be afraid of the monster under the bed. But we've got Whirly, who's the monster in the washing machine, and Blushy, who's the monster in the bathroom. Really super cute. They're about eighteen ninety nine each.
0: And let's stay with the, uh, the, the theory of the dolls for a while. Of course, we've come a long way since the, the dolls that I used to play with. What are some of the hot ones there?
4: Well, probably one of the hottest lines out there is called the Fresh Dolls. And this is what's created by Dr. Lisa Williams in the world of EPI. And a couple of years ago, I hunted her down. I really did it because I wanted to talk to her about what she's doing with diversity and authentic skin colors and hairstyles and fashion. And she's really doing a lot that's very, very reinforcing for young children of color and, and really for everyone. They're beautiful dolls. The, uh, the new Freshfinity collection and Fresh Squad, they've got women and, and men. Uh seventeen ninety nine to thirty nine ninety nine. Really, really super line.
0: And I love when everything old is new again. Tamagotchi.
4: Absolutely, Tamagotchi. But this time it's Nano, which is a smaller. It's, I would say it's probably about a third the size of the original. It's got handheld games, all kinds of great stuff. Disney Pixar's Toy Story is one. Uh, Tiny Pan, which is the animated characters based on uh, the the rock group BTS, the, the K-pop group uh, BTS super fun. Uh, Again, 1999, keeps kids quiet in the back of the car.
0: (laughs) Well, I felt horrible the first time I babysat one and it died, so I don't know. (laughs) I know,
4: but they've changed that because there were a lot of parents like you who got got upset with that. And then something for kids to, you know, sort of role play and make believe, the Disney princess played a Maximus. Maximus is is the horse from Tangled, and this horse stands I don't know. I don't know how many hand high it is. That's how you measure horses. But it's it's actually up so a seventy pound child can ride on it, and you can hear them whinnying there. Uh, super fun. And then something perfect for radio: uh, Ruckus FX. Uh, this is from Just Play. It's a handheld device. It fits right in your hand, and what you're going to do is punch, swipe, twist, and flick to create all kinds of different sound mixing that you can use to dance to create uh, music videos. Super fun. That's about 49.99 from Just Play.
0: Alright. Well, now we've got one that really gets us up and going. The Ziplinks High Fly Set. That just sounds like, ah
4: Ziplinks is probably one of my favorite toys this year this year because I was a bad kid. Uh, and it, it basically you you take these links and what you do is you you load them by closing them up. They're powered by rubber bands. You link them together, and then you launch them by pushing a button. And they all fly up in the air all at once. It's super silly and super fun. And I call it a loud naughtiness because you're making a mess, but you're not really.
0: We're talking about something that's very traditional, Hess trucks?
4: The Hess truck Since 1964, so I guess that's 58 years, the Hess truck has been a, a holiday tradition. This year, what they've created is a flatbed truck with uh, with two hot rods, and it's got lights and sounds. Uh, the pullback motors on the hot rods let them do wheelies. Uh, this is about forty forty one ninety nine. You can only find it online at the Uh and when they sell out, they're gone. It takes nine Energizer batteries, which come in it, so you can pull it out of the box and start playing right away.
0: That's the best. Now, what about some of us older kids? We like to get something under the tree, too, that we might be able to— do things with. Well, it depends
4: on on you know what you like. I mean, for collectibles, there's always great stuff out there. The Squishmallows from Jazzwares. These are these are soft, kind of foamy characters. There's there's many many of them to collect. One of the hottest things out there. They're about five ninety nine to thirty nine ninety nine, and they're just really really fun. I mean, one of the things that they're very calming for people to play with. Uh, there's games like Exploding Kittens. Oh, and if you like playing Wordle from the New York Times and Hasbro Games. There is now a home version of Wordle, so you can play with your family across the
0: table. Well, that that's something right up my alley. I like that idea. And again, we always have these dolls that are so that have be, that have come so far. Now, one that is singing. Uh, there's lots of
4: singing dolls out there. There's an uh, there's an Elsa doll that sings. There's all kinds of different dolls out there. There's there's different ones that uh, that sing.
0: And there's someone by the name of Lele.
4: Oh, whoa, Dr. Yes, yeah. that girl, Lele. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. She's great. She's from the, Nickelodeon, the hit Nickelodeon TV show, that girl, Lele. And she's an avatar who comes to life, and she's got great music that goes with her.
0: And also, speaking of TV, our one and only favorite, Peppa. Peppa's really coming up in the world. Peppa
4: Pig as, as continues to be a huge seller. There's all kinds of different things. There's houses. There's characters. Peppa Pig, just for a perspective. Sells a billion dollars a year in merchandise alone. That's how popular she is.
0: Wow! All right. Anything that we have left out because there are just so many, and a lot of these that you have on your website are not some that maybe we would be seeing in all a lot of the advertising.
4: That's true. I mean, we try to we try to find things that might not be not you know that might be interesting, but you definitely want to check out the uh, Magic Mixpiece Crystal Ball from from Moose. That's sort of magical, and we've found some great Cyber Monday Day deals on that one as well. It's about $80 retail. We found it for 60 in some places, so that's one, if you see it, buy it.
0: And my grandsons love them. Those Nerf things, oh boy.
4: <gasps> the Nerf, the, the new blaster is, has uh, uses both pump action. And battery action. So you're doing all kinds of great stuff with that. It's really it's really a great way to get out, be active and play, work off some of that holiday stress.
0: Oh, yeah. And mom loves the idea of a six darts at once. Woohoo! <laughs>
4: well, you can get up as part of the play, but it's also, you know, it's Nerf, so it's soft, safe, fun.
0: Well— Chris, thank you so much. And again, if you'll just let our listeners know where we where they can find all this great information. Besides, you have podcasts, you have blogs, you have so much information. When I grow up, I want to be the toy gal. Oh,
4: that's so sweet. Yeah, you can see us at thetoyguy.com. We try to keep it updated on where things are in stock to make shopping a little bit easier for you.
0: Great ideas from Chris Byrne, the toy guy. Now, don't go away. Flip it next on Special Edition. Rachel Wagner is the Early Childhood Mental Health Specialist and National Trainer at the Devereaux Center for Resilient Children. She's here to talk about Flip It. Rachel, welcome. Nice to have you here. We're talking holidays and kids, kids, holidays. It's supposed to be happy time with all kinds of wonderful things. And we remember back when we were kids, but now things are a little different, right?
2: things may be a little different. There may be more pressure to um, have it look a certain way for maybe social media purposes, and there may be more commercials that have kids wanting things and there may be more overscheduling. But I also think it's interesting to sort of think back on our own memories. And we tend to remember just the good stuff, but there was also probably some holiday stress in our own childhood memory bank somewhere. We we just tend to to filter that through and remember the high points. And we hope our kids do too.
0: How can we help them do that? Because again, I think a lot of times the adults are the ones and we get stressed and somehow you just can't help from that filtering out into the kids.
2: And I think that there's a lot of ways we can help them. But one of the most important things to anchor to is keeping ourselves okay <laughs> because kids feed on that. they, sense that from us and they can tell when we're dysregulated and so it's really important for us to do our own check-in so you know some of the strategies that we're going to talk about today are great for kids but they're also good for ourselves because we all need to be more present more regulated more aware of our feelings and so the first sort of thing for us to, to remember is keeping ourselves regulated. Because when little ones are overwhelmed by big feelings, it's our job to share our calm with them, not our chaos with them. And so that's the first step. And and we can get into sort of the strategy for how to do that for kids. And and you'll
0: see that it works for ourselves, too. Well, Rachel, I'm all ears. You just all tell right. me, where do we start? I'm excited to get started. And so I think the
2: strategy I want to talk about today is a really simple acronym that was created over 20 years ago, working with young children who have experienced a lot, who'd experienced trauma, who'd experienced really big hardships. And so if it works for those kiddos, it will work for some of the holiday feelings that we're sort of coping with. And that strategy is called FLIP-IT. What is it? It's called FLIP-IT. FLIP-IT. And it's an acronym. We all have a hard time sort of remembering in hard moments what to say and what to do. I think we've all had moments where we're tongue-tied, where we're sort of overwhelmed by our own feelings, by the feelings that the kiddos we're interacting with, and it's really sort of hard to get anchored. So this, this acronym was created to help us remember what to do in these sort of moments. And basically, the acronym took all the great research that's out there and put it into these sort of four steps that we could do. And so I'll tell you, the acronym stands for F Feelings, L limits, I inquiries, and P prompts. And so obviously what we want to do in any hard moment is start with ask, do L, do I, do P, and flip it. I'm ready. So okay, let's start. So the first step in the process is feeling. And it's really important to remember that when kids are having a hard time or they're showing us a challenging behavior, they're having a feeling. And while it may be easier to react to the behavior, we have to go deeper. I like to tell people to think of it like a tree. We can react to the leaves and trim those leaves. But if the tree still has roots, the leaves are going to grow back. So we have to get to the root. We have to sort of talk about the feeling. And so what it sounds like when we do a feeling step with kids is we say something, and, and if you're listening at home and, and you want to make a little cheat sheet, I often recommend grab four Post-its, one for each step. And in the, on the first Post-it, write down, I see you are doing blank. I wonder if you are feeling blank. And that's sort of the first thing. I see you're, you're you know, getting really agitated about bedtime. I wonder if you're feeling excited about tomorrow. You know, so I see that you are poking at your brother. I wonder if you're feeling bored. If we just sort of follow that little script, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be sort of saying to kids, I see you, which is really important to do, especially during the holiday season when we're hustling and bustling. We we say, I see you doing blank. I wonder if you're feeling something because the behavior is just a communication for the feeling, right? Underneath every behavior, there's a feeling. And if we don't get to the root, we're never going to fix it.
0: How can so, they uh, explain that, Rachel? Because sometimes they're, they're, especially the younger kids.
2: What we know is that basically in our culture, we're pretty good at avoiding feelings. And so this will be new. And so there's sort of two parts to your question. One is, how do we do this with really little ones? And I think we can do flip it with babies because what we're doing is modeling this language. We're modeling, labeling a feeling that they might not even know it's happening inside of them yet. And so for the little ones, I really encourage us to just model noticing what we see and talking about their feelings and helping them start to make those associations. Because I know 50-year-olds who can't identify with their feelings. Got that right. Right. Oh, so yeah. we, we and I always say feelings are visitors and if you don't acknowledge them, they're gonna come out sideways. And so all these grown ups who are walking around with feelings coming out sideways and this very bad behavior, it's because they never learned how to acknowledge what they're feeling and learn to cope with it. So what we wanna do for our littlest ones is we just wanna start labeling, we just wanna start acknowledging. They may not fully understand it yet, Paula. But they are are starting to make those associations. That's what we want to do for little ones. For older ones, they might want to deny that there's a right. feeling. And that's true for, you know, 10-year-olds to 15-year-olds to 25-year-olds to 65-year-olds. It's uncomfortable to acknowledge a feeling sometimes. So I'd rather not. I'd rather pretend feelings don't exist. And I think it's really important for us to sort of destigmatize <laughs> feelings, because they are really the engine that's motivating all of our behavior. So if we're, we're saying to a child, wow, it's really looking like you're anxious, or it's really looking like you're mad, and they go, I'm not mad, <laughs> and they clearly are, or even your spouse says, I'm fine, even if, what, what they're really saying, if we go beyond the words, which is the behavior, and we go underneath, what they're saying is talking about feelings as uncomfortable. Okay. And so usually when I'm working with kids and I say, wow, you look so mad. And they say, I'm not mad," I will say, oh, there's a new feeling in the room. And it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to talk about feeling. That's the process is we're acknowledging feelings. But then what do we do about it? Is that, is that your next question?
0: Yes. We're, are we into L? We're into L.
2: Okay. So, so it's totally okay to have a feeling. It's not okay to hit somebody. It's not okay to have road rage. It's not okay to, you know, be rude to your brother or not okay, even it's not okay to not talk about feelings. So when I say to a child, it's uncomfortable to talk about feelings, then I have to give a limit, which is feelings are important. That's a limit. The next step is to provide a boundary around the feeling. And if you think about it, we all kind of need that to feel safe, right? When I have a big emotion. It could really be sort of dangerous to have that big emotion. Especially and so what mad we need, Yeah. Especially mad. Yeah. And so it actually makes kids and grown ups feel safer to know what's expected. So a limit is a boundary, it's an expectation. Sometimes it's even a goal. Like it's 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 the challenge, it's the bar I'm setting for you is my limit. And it's it's what are we willing to accept and tolerate? What are we willing to accept at tolerate? I always like to sort of use a silly example to explain this. So, you know, if I wake up every morning with a feeling that I would like to have potato chips for breakfast and the feeling is really strong. And I always think feelings are that combination of, of thoughts, feelings and sensations. And I don't wake up with a sensation that I'd like to eat potato chips for breakfast. It's, it's a strong craving. I really feel it. But I don't eat potato chips for breakfast because my limit is that I need to have healthy a healthy start to my day. So limits sort of are the thing that provide us with the guardrails of life, right? Because if we all just live by what our cravings and our feelings told us to do, it would be a pretty chaotic world. So a limit is a boundary. It's going to help kids feel safe. And kids actually appreciate limits.
0: So you can it's be feel- mad, but you shouldn't lash out and... Harm anyone.
2: Right. Totally. It's completely okay to be mad and we keep our bodies safe. So if our listeners are, are following along with the post-its and they have their first post-it for feelings where they say, I see you're doing blank. I wonder if you're feeling blank. The second post-it is the limit. And that is something like we say, our rule is that we start our morning healthy or our rule is that we treat each other with kindness or respect. Our rule is that we, listen to each other. Our rule is that we, and notice what I'm doing. The rule is always positive. It's not don't hit. It's be kind. And so that's sort of the the second posted if you're trying to make a cheat sheet here. The rule is that we, and then you insert whatever, whatever that boundary is that you want to set. All
0: right. Now we're to I. Now we're to I, because how do you live with that? Yeah. I want potato chips. I do. And I need to be healthy.
2: So the inquiry, the I step is where we ask an open-ended question, where we ask a question. It can't be a yes, no question. It has to be an open-ended question because what open-ended questions do is they get us thinking. And that's what we need to do when we're in a pickle. That's what we need to do when we have a lot of mad and we can't hit. We have to ask ourselves the question, what else can I do? What else can I do with my mad? What else can I do with this craving? What else can I do with my frustration? What else can I do with my excitement? Because that's what a lot of kids have during the holiday season. Excitement. What else can I do with it? And so that's the, the, the inquiry engages kids in the process of thinking about how they might cope differently.
0: And what kind of a response would you get, especially from a younger child? What else can I do with this when I don't even know exactly what it is?
2: Right. So I've been doing this for years and years, working with really troubled kids. And when I ask the question, the first, the open-ended question, like, what can we do with your mad?" Or how can we help with your frustration? Or how can we solve this problem? Sometimes I'll get really interesting answers. And sometimes I'll get really brilliant answers. I remember saying to one little boy, I was doing a home visit and I said, I noticed you're getting anxious that I'm leaving. Because he was pretending to punch me, and I said, "You know, I know you're. I can tell you're getting anxious that I'm leaving. We keep each other's bodies safe. What can I do to help you with these nervous feelings you're having? What can we do to help you with the, the anxiety you're feeling because I'm leaving?" And he looked at me and he goes, "Leave faster." Oh, which was which was brilliant actually, because. Rice. He was noticing that I was taking too long to get out the door, and he had already, you know, accepted that I was leaving and gone through that transition, and I was chatting with his mom too long. And, and so, you know, he didn't say it in the nicest way, but he was little, and, and we were working it through, and I said, oh, okay, so when I say goodbye, I should probably walk out the door instead of talk for 10 more minutes. That makes sense, right? So kids will actually come up with some really interesting solutions.
0: I think that's wonderful to be able to just say to you, leave faster, because that's Mm -hmm. what I'm feeling. So why shouldn't I just tell you that? Yeah. And sometimes it'll be something
2: you can work with. I'm going to be honest. When we flip kids, sometimes they're going to give you answers that we can work with, like that one. Right. And sometimes you might get a snotty answer. Right. Because it happens, right? Right. And if you get a snotty answer, I remember telling some kids once they were pretending to do play guns. And I was like, I see that you feel really tough and really strong. I see you're playing with guns and pretending to play with guns. I see you feel really tough and strong in this class. The rule is that we don't do gun play. So, what else could you do to feel tough and strong? That's what I asked. That was my inquiry. What else could you do to feel tough and strong? And the kiddo looked at me, and he pointed his little play gun at me, and he said, I could shoot you. Okay. So, you know, this is not a perfect science. So the inquiry doesn't always get us a great answer. And then we have two choices. Our choices are to move on to P, which is prompt, or go back to feelings, which is what I did with that little boy. I went back to feelings. I said, oh, I heard what you just said to me. You are so mad at me because I'm telling you, you can't play something you really want to play. And then I went back to limits and then I did a different inquiry. And then I quickly moved to prompts because kids often haven't been given a lot of practice thinking it through. And I hear a lot of grownups today, really worried about kids, really worried about kids just not being great problem solvers and always wanting the easy answer and always wanting the quick fix. Well, that's on us grownups. If we want kids to not always want the easy button, if we want kids to be thinkers, if we want kids to be problem solvers, then we have to invite them to think. And that's what we're doing in the inquiry step. We're saying, hey, I think you can be a part of finding an alternate solution, right? I think you can be part of thinking this through.
0: And is there at the end of any of these reward Because, again, that seems to be another thing. Well, if you do this, you are going to get this.
2: Right. So that is where sort of I sort of see flip it as a learning process and a growth process. And the reward is growing. The reward is learning. Because when we get to prompts, you actually get to find something else to do to feel tough and strong. Or I get to find something else to eat for breakfast. It's healthy, but also gives me a little salty, crunchy.
0: So we're not going to, okay, you've explained that to me. You did really well. Yay. Now we're going to go and get something so that you can no. bring something physically home with you be, as a reward.
2: Right. So positive reinforcement is a different strategy and it's it's good and it serves its purpose. And I definitely tell people if positive reinforcement can stay in positive reinforcement and doesn't become bribing because then what, what, kids learn from, from bribing is I'll only do it if I get something.
0: That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. Right.
2: <laughs> and we don't, we don't want to create that monster. And a lot of us have in our lives, we've created that monster where it's like, what are you going to give me? What are you going to give me? And you know what? Here's the bottom line. You show up to work on time because that's your, that's the right thing to do. That's your responsibility. You're not going to get a prize for showing up to work on time. right, And so we have to start working and teaching kids this responsibility, this ability to cope, this, that the reward is, is in doing the right thing. The reward is in learning how to do it better. And so this is not a strategy where we're doing any sort of bribing or negotiating. This is a strategy where we're helping kids to become emotionally aware Learn about their feelings, and then learn what they might do differently to become adults, to be healthy adulting folks. You know that that don't flip out every time they have a hard feeling, where it's not coming out sideways, and that's what we really want.
0: I can. So I, then we get the prompt. See right? prompt.
2: Yes. <laughs> so once we do an inquiry, so if I say to a child, "What else can we do with all that excitement in your body?" or "What else can we do with your mad?" or how can we solve this problem together? When I ask an open-ended question, I don't expect that kids will always know the answer. So prompts is your, is, is your backup. Prompts is where you can offer a child some creative cues, clues, suggestions for different ways to cope. So if I'm coping with a child and I say, what's another way to feel tough and strong? And then I say, can you lift this heavy thing then I'm prompting them. Then I'm giving them other options. When flippant first evolved, I was working with a little girl, and we were working on how she could cope with her mad. Because when she was mad, she would always try to rip my eyeballs out. That was She literally said, I want to rip your eyeballs out. And she would attack me. And so we were trying to figure out what else can she do with her mad. And I offered her a lot of prompts. I would say, you know, do we want to go for a walk? How do you deal with, you know, all of us as grownups deal with our mad some healthy ways, some not so healthy ways. But what we want for little kids is for them to learn healthy coping early. So in the prompt step, what we're doing is we're saying, do you want to go for a walk? Do you want to take deep breaths? Do you want to, do you want to back rub? Do you want to write about your feelings? Do you want to scribble on paper? Do you want to break some sticks? Let's find other ways. We're not ever going to make mad go away. But what we want to make go away is ripping my eyeballs out. So what we want to do is help kids learn alternate coping strategies.
0: Well, and again, in that coping. too, you're also, its it sounds to me like she was looking for something that was physical to be able to mm-hmm. do. So to yep. give her a physical, a different physical alternative And now there are so many of those, the toys that have the popping sensations and different things like that. so many good things. So so things like that are something that they can turn to?
2: Yes, absolutely. And what we want eventually is for kids to go, oh, I need to go get my pop-it or, you know, and with this little girl, what she actually found out she really liked was, Scratching her feet. Like, I started by offering to like rub her back or scratch her back, and she said no. But then I jokingly said, Can I scratch your feet? And she said yes. And it actually worked out beautifully. But I started to like scratch the bottoms of her feet, and it was that physical touch that she needed. And eventually, I got her a little foot scratcher, a little back scratcher, you know, those little wooden back scratchers, and she started to be able to scratch the bottoms of of her own feet. And now we have a little kid was a coping strategy for mad. She knows what mad is when it overcomes her. And what she would start to do is she'd feel mad and she'd take off her shoes and socks. Her automatic reaction to mad became a healthy strategy. Some of us, I'm not this person, Paula, but I know people who cope with their feelings through exercise. So, you know, my brother is one of those people. So when he has a hard feeling, the way his healthy way of coping is he will go and go for a run or go get a good workout on. And that's a healthy way to cope with hard feelings that he learned at a young age that for him, sports were a great way to cope. For some of us, talking to a friend is a great way to cope. And, and, you know, I think when you brought up all those fun little sort of fidget toys and, and tools. I think the better you know the child, the better you're going to be able to prompt them because you're going to know like what's going to be your thing, kiddo. Are you going to be a kid who wants to go for a run? Are you going to be a kid who wants to you know play with a fidget or you know write a story about it? Every kiddo is different. We all cope with that as adults in different ways, and so it's not when we get to prompts. It's certainly not a one size fits all. It's it's a let's figure out what works for
0: you. Where where do you go from there then, Rachel? I'm sure it would take a while to get from one to the other so that it can all be utilized together. But are there other tips that you would be able to give our listeners as they're going through this process, even if it's just to reinforce what they're trying to do without saying, this is what I'm trying to do? Yes,
2: And so what I will tell you, what I'll tell everyone is that the flip it process, it's sort of a process of, of doing a, some front-loading. You're going to do a little more work at the beginning, and then what you're going to find is that you don't have to do anything anymore because kiddos start to get it. And I've been doing this process in classrooms and with parents for over 20 years. And when you see a classroom where the teacher uses flip it, what you start to see is that kids start to flip each other. Because if you're consistent and you do F L I P sort of every time, kids start to to be able to process that sort of problem solving approach with each other. So I have watched kids flip each other. So what I would say to, to folks is is that it's a process of being consistent. It's a process of being consistent. And so you're going to start and and let me finish i didn't i didn't tell everyone the post it notes so let me tell them the, the other two post it notes so you've got your first one which is the feelings one i see you doing blank i wonder if you're feeling blank you've got your limits the second one which is the rule is that we here's the boundary kiddo and then the inquiry the, what i what i suggest you put on the post it is how can we because it's a good sentence stem to how can we fix this how can we help you with your mad how can we do whatever and then prompts is a little more complicated prompts because there's so many options you can give kids some choices. You you can say, would you like to go for a run? Or play with a fidget, right? So choices is a way that you can prompt. Sometimes I use personal examples. When I prompt, I'll say, you know, when I was your age, I said this to my own son, when I was your age, I was curious about swearing too. <laughs> and you know what I did? And I told him that I would ride my bike really far away and say all the swear words where no one could hear me. And I got them out of my system. And then I wouldn't say them around people. And he thought that sounded like a really good idea. So he rode his bike out to the edge of our property. I saw his hands going. He, I think he said all the swear words. And then he rode his bike back to our house and never said the swear words ever again. He's 16 now, but he was little when he started. He came off the bus and he said, mom, I know swear words. I learned them on the bus. (laughs) And I, and I flipped it with him. I said, when you learn swear words, you're really curious. The limit is we use kind words in this house. How can we make sure you don't say any of those words? And he didn't know, so I gave him a prompt. And I said, when I was little, I was curious too. And I got them all out of my system where no one could hear me. And so that's what he tried. So you see how it can apply to a lot of different situations. So if you're writing your Post-it note for prompts, personal examples is a way you can offer prompts using the child's sort of strengths and interests. So if they are really interested in something, you can prompt using some of their strengths. Like if they love sports, maybe that's one of the ways you can prompt them. So there's a lot of ways you can prompt, um, offering suggestions, those kinds of things. So there's a lot of ways you can prompt. So that poster is a little bit more full, but you've got your core process. And so Paula, I'm sorry, back to your question. I think the key is to be consistent. The second thing is to remember that if it's, not working, there's a new feeling usually in the room and to go back to feeling. And if all of us, if all we ever do is the feeling step, we're gonna notice a change in kids' behavior because as soon as someone feels seen and validated, they start to settle. They start to regulate. It happens to us too as grown ups. And it's important for everyone to know that when we validate somebody, when we acknowledge their feelings, we're not giving in to them. We're just letting them know they're not alone. We're letting them know that they're seen and you have to name it to tame it. You know, if we want kids to be able to regulate all these, you know, exciting, overwhelming holiday feelings, we have to name it to tame it. And so that's the process. So if we just do feelings, you're on, you're on good, you're on good footing if you just do feelings. The wow. LIP is just the gravy, right?
0: Right. I'm very intrigued because, again, I think with adults, it works as well. And as long as you don't say, well, I heard Rachel talk about this, and now we're going to start you with F.
2: <laughs> yes, your your partner, your spouse will not appreciate it if you say, I'm going to flip you. <laughs> yeah. But they would appreciate it if you said, I see you're getting really sort of short-tempered with the kids. I'm wondering if you're feeling overwhelmed. You know, sometimes I'll say to my spouse, I'll say, I notice you're on your phone a lot. I'm wondering if, if you're feeling just overstimulated and, and the phone's just a really say nice escape, right? Instead of say, Get off your phone Right. I right. say, I notice you're on your phone a lot. I wonder if you're needing an escape great for marriage therapy. It's really a good, it's a good strategy to help us with our adult relationships too, for sure.
0: Well, I'm going to have to have you come back because there is is so much more to talk about. I would like to give you one opportunity. What would you like to leave with our listeners, Rachel, now that we're getting into this holiday season?
2: What I would like to leave our listeners, your listeners with is
0: permission could not be perfect
2: for you and for your kids. If you don't flip it every time, that's okay. If if you bribe because it's going to help you survive the night, that's okay. I, I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be perfect. You know, I think there's a lot of great stuff out there that we could be doing, and we all would love to be doing perfect parenting and perfect everything through the holiday season, but let's cut ourselves some slack because that'll help us stay calmer. Let's cut ourselves some slack and... I would actually recommend if you're feeling like you're at your wits end, go lock yourself in the bathroom and flip yourself. Because you can use it on yourself too. You can go, what am I feeling? What are my boundaries? What can I do differently? So you can flip yourself. And I I have four kids. I often do lock myself in the bathroom and flip myself. So the last thing I want people to, to hear is to be gentle to yourself.
0: Is there some place that our listeners can go in order to get more information about this? Absolutely. So
2: we at the Devereaux Center for Resilient Children uh, provide lots of resources around social and emotional health and resilience in kids. There's information about Flip It on our website, which is www.centerforresilientchildren.org.
4: Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories.